Praise God. If you have your Bibles for a few moments, let's go to the Word of the Lord. Sometimes, as a preacher, your thought is so simple, you hope that people don't turn you off before they hear you out. But I do feel like God has a word for someone here for many of us today. I want to go to the book of Mark, chapter 16. It's great to have all of our guests. I haven't met you yet, but I'm glad to have you here today, my good friend. Amen. Amen. Pardon me. Luke, Mark chapter 16. And uh, we're going to read one verse of Scripture that um, is found in this writing. We're grateful, amen, for the blessings of the Lord and for His Word. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 7. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. Everybody said amen. I want to talk to you for just a few moments this morning about mercy's message. Mercy's message. Would you say that with me? Mercy's message. God bless you. You may be seated. The Gospel of Mark is an interesting book written by a young man that we first meet in Scripture in in Acts chapter 12. He is known as John Mark. He is writing this book years after conversion, under the direction and the tutelage of his mentor, who was Simon Peter. Mark became Peter's interpreter, and the Gospel of Mark is written under the influence of Simon Peter's life. And when you read Mark, if you read it carefully, you will find vivid realism. There is an urgency in the message and style, and it's unvarnished in its reporting of facts. It's very to the point and not a lot of superfluous wording. True to form, there is no hiding or glossing over, even 
of the most embarrassing moments of his mentor's life. Those cringe moments. Those delete moments. Those erase moments. He spoke of them in clarity and in truth. I cannot help but feel the pain that must have coursed through Peter's mind as he goes back over this story of Jesus, the Son of God, and how he intersected his life and the ups and downs and the victories and the defeats that he encountered along the way. And I feel him as he shares with, 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 with John, Mark, these words of his own life, the details that would probably be easier to leave out and just speak in generic terms. But he speaks in vivid, fluid, fluent language that we can understand. Every humiliating part. The colossal failures that were part and parcel of Peter's life. The warning that he received about the betrayal and and then his denial of any such action and then the unraveling of his life before the fires Herod's court and the outright denial and the cursing and the swearing. It would have been so much easier for Simon to have worded that differently to John Mark. It would have been so much easier for him to have put it in softer terms than to say it in the language that he said it, but he cursed. He, he, he used the foulest of language. He used words that should not have been associated with his life, that should have been severed from his memory and mind. And yet in this moment of pressure, they came rushing out of him from nowhere. Those words surfaced and they came back into form and he spoke them out. And then the swearing that I don't know him, I, I don't... I, I'm not associated with him. And then, then the cock crowing and the memory begins to flood in. The words of Jesus begin to flood back over his mind. And Peter walks through all of this with Mark. He doesn't leave out any detail. He wants him to understand just how ugly it was. Just how embarrassing and how, how how bad the situation was. To the others, when it comes to this particular passage of Scripture that we chose for our text, they they say it differently than John Mark wrote it. Uh, others simply recorded this. Matthew was kind and in his recording. He just simply said, tell his disciples. But Peter wanted something to be understood very clearly. That on that particular occasion, there was more said 
than what was shared. And Mark added these two words under the direction of Simon Peter. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Now, and is not a significant word in our language. It's one that is used quite often, as a matter of fact. And if you do a little research in your Bible, you will find that that conjunction and its derivatives is used over 9,000 times in Scripture. And yet, none of them were so meaningful as this particular moment that they were included in text and in the context of what happened on that day because Peter wanted Mark to know who understood failure, who understood mistakes, who understood going back, who understood not fulfilling his promise. He wanted him to understand how clearly God wanted to get a message through to him personally. And so he said, I want you to write it this way and go tell his disciples and Peter that I go to meet them in Galilee. Amen. I believe it was a moment, a pivotal moment in Peter's life. To others, this point may have not been important, but to Simon Peter, it was what brought him back from the dead. It was what opened a door to his life that he thought had perhaps been closed. It was what saved him in that moment of walking away and throwing in the towel and 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 just going back to his old lifestyle of what he was and what he had been before Jesus came into his life. It it came at the most needed moment in his life. It It was a single out version. It was God speaking directly to him. It was God taking him aside in this moment and saying to him, I still count you as one of mine. I I still consider you one of mine. I still want you to know that you belong. It was it was a word of inclusion. To an excluded man. It was a word of forgiveness. And. And. No more meaningful word could have been used. Than that inclusive word. For on this occasion. It became a doorway of hope. On this occasion. It was an invitation. To new opportunities. I wonder today. What God is personally speaking to some here in this building, that his words are simply a doorway and an invitation to come back in, to get reconnected, to, to become part of this thing. Don't, don't let your mistakes, 
doom you. Don't let your failures be final. Don't let them mark your life. Don't let them define who you are. Oh, would somebody hear me today that maybe in this service today, by means of a song that God has been better than good to me, He wants to remind somebody and He wants to give them a pathway back to their purpose and help them find their way back into His purposeful meaning in their life. Man, it reconnected a failure to the unfailing one. I think that's what God has always been about. Amen. He's always been about connecting my weakness with His strength. My imperfections with His perfection. You see, I've discovered something about life. I have a lot of enemies. I have a lot of enemies. The devil hates me. He hates what I represent. He hates what I'm, attri- what I'm attempting to do, what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to become. And so he is constantly throwing things before my path and your path to try to divert me. He's constantly putting things before us that would cause us to lose our sense of direction or our focus or our, our purpose and he is constantly playing to the weaker element in all of us. And, and I know some of you have talked in tongues so long, your, your, your halo is so tilted right now, it's so heavy, that you, you don't remember any of that. But there's a few of us sitting on these pews today that know what it is to get up in the morning and say, God, why did I say that last night? Why did I do that? Why did I think that? Why did I allow myself to go there? Why Why did I let myself slip into that attitude or that spirit? And somehow God makes a pathway for me to get back where I need to be. Amen. But the devil is always playing to my weaker side. And then I have... Believe it or not, there are people that don't like me. Believe that or not, they don't like me. And you know what? Maybe that ought to bother me, but it really doesn't. (laughs) I got over that a long time ago. (laughs) You need to get over it too. Hey, There was only one perfect one that ever lived, and they didn't all like him when he was here. So what makes you think everybody's going to give you a thumbs up on Facebook? If you didn't put some of that dumb stuff on Facebook, you wouldn't have to worry about somebody giving you a thumbs up or thumbs down. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't mean to get on that. I just have a tendency every once in a while. I, I have, I have enemies. There, there are people that if, if they could somehow have any part in my failure, they would rejoice just like you do. But I'm not sitting around worrying about them. But I want to tell you that I have an enemy far worse than the devil and far worse 
than what others could do to me. It's what I do to myself. You know, living with your mistakes is a hard thing to do. Living with your failures. Because your mind can replay every detail. Every detail. The things nobody knows. The things nobody's nobody's even considered. And yet your mind has a way of bringing all of that stuff back up. And I'm thinking of Simon Peter in this this latter years of his life. I don't care how old you get. There's some things you can't ever get away from. There's some heartbreak. There's some heartaches. There's some mistakes that you make that you go a long way in life and it, all it takes is a song or a word or a sound or a smell or a fragrance. And all of that stuff can come flooding back in your memory. And I see Simon Peter down the road. It's getting close to 70 A.D., I would think. 67, 70 A.D. When he is sharing all of this stuff with, with Mark. And he's telling him, you need to write this down. You, we, we need to keep this record. And all these things keep come, come flooding back in the memory, the pain, the embarrassment, the humiliation. He went out, the scripture said, and wept bitterly. You know, as far as I know, there was only one other that I know in scripture that was in that courtyard. So the rest of them, really weren't aware of the depth of his failure. My, my scholars here, he can, t- he can correct me, but my Bible, from what I read, the only other person there might have been John. Amen. So the rest of the disciples were not aware of it, but, but, but Peter was. You know what's amazing? Is that you can come and sit in a crowd like this today and you can think everybody in this building knows my mistakes. And maybe only one other person knows. But your mind, your own mind will play you into a trap and will put you into a corner that will keep you from experiencing what we sang about earlier, that will keep you from hearing mercy's message to you. And mercy's message to you is, hey, it ain't over yet. Hey, I'm not through with you yet. Hey, your day is not done yet. Your purpose has not been fulfilled yet. Don't let this destroy your future. Come on, somebody. Hear what God's trying to say to you this morning and listen to God's word to you this day. Man. It comes flushing, flooding, flooding back. And those two words, those two words, and Peter. You ever get sunburned? I mean really sunburned. I mean blistered sunburned. I mean Texas sunburned. It hurts. 
Oh. You, you walk around like, ugh. You should have had your clothes on to start with, but that wouldn't have caused me. That was a hiccup. <clears throat> but anyway, where was I at? Sunburn. That's what I was talking about, sunburn. You got it all over your face, your head. You don't have any hair in your head. It's just like a glow worm. Somebody comes up to pat you. Oh, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And then somebody gets the aloe vera gel out. And they, they start laying that, and that soothing. Oh, that oil that just calms that irritation. That must have been how Peter felt that day when those women brought that message back to his soul that was so, so dry. It was so dry. And it was like somebody just took the bottle of oil and he just poured it over his head and coursed down. His mind covering his mind and his thoughts and saying, he, he said, it's not over. He, he said, I'm, I'm not finished. He, 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 he included me. You know, humans, humans, as one man used to say that was around here, some Henry Labrie, he called them humans, but, uh, humans, humans. We have a way of magnifying people's mistakes and advertising. But when God works, He works to minimize my mistake and maximize His mercy. He works to let me know that my mistake is not my life, that my Stumbling is not my definition. It is not my epitaph for life. That whatever happened to me then, I need to walk away from that and walk into a future that still has a God attached to it, that still has a promise attached to it, that still has a purpose attached to it. Oh, God. Help us to hear your mercy's message today. Amen. Amen. That I still have a place for you. More than that, I still have a plan for you. Amen. How many people have been written out of wills because of a mistake, a failure, a shortcoming? I mean, you, you mess up. There's not a lot of give here anymore. You know, we, 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 we cut them out of the will. I had one gentleman tell me one time because he had kind of drifted away from the Lord. He went to visit his parents who, his father or someone that was in the hospital. And, uh, they wouldn't even let him in. Backslidden, no account son. I'm so thankful that God's not like us. I'm so thankful that that when it comes to my life,
God measures my need. And then he measures his mercy to exceed my need. That no matter how bad my fall has been, his hand is still underneath to catch me and pick me back up and put me back on my feet and speak words of kindness into my spirit and remind me, you're still mine. You're still included. <laughs> I read one commentator who said that when when Mark wrote, tell the disciples and Peter that he was no longer a disciple, I beg to differ with you, scholar. I beg to point out the fact that what he wanted Peter to know is that you are still one of my disciples. You are still included in my band. You are still loved by me. I am thankful that God's love for me is greater than my failure. His care for me is greater than my mistakes. And when I do stumble and fall, he makes a way. He provides a pathway. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, Lord, what a simple way to get the message through. But it came through loud and clear. Because from that day forward, Peter never missed an opportunity. Amen. Peter being singled out, not because he was privileged, but because he was pitiful and he needed mercy. Not because he deserved it, but because he needed it. How many times has God moved in this place Not because we were doing so great, but because we were not doing so great. And God just has a thing for his kids. God just has a thing for his kids. He just has a thing for his children that he cannot mark them off. He he, The scripture says, doesn't he find a way to bring the banished back? Amen. And as certain as God has done it in the past... He does it even now. His love is stronger than my failure. His love is greater than my mess up, my mess ups and my mistakes. Love sends a special message to us today that in the depth of your need, you will find the depth of my grace. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that Peter listened because it did turn him around. I don't know, maybe I'm just being a little, I don't know. But I felt something when we were singing earlier, sensed something. Something began to move in here. It, it, it moved in my heart. When we were singing about God has been better than good to me. So many ways he's made. So many doors. We sing that often and it moves us most often. But today especially, it was as if God was saying, I'm sending my messenger again this morning to somebody that maybe has stumbled. And maybe maybe your, your mistake's not as colossal. Maybe you haven't done what Peter did. Maybe you haven't cursed and denied him. 
But you've not lived up to what you're capable of living up to. You've not given God what he died for at Calvary. But instead of him marking off that name, he sends a message. He sends mercy to give us a message. You still matter. You still count. I still love you. I still want you. I still include you. And he opened the door for Simon, and he's opened the door for us today. Mercy's door is one of the most wonderful doors to walk through because you will always find through that door better than you ever expected and certainly better than you deserved. And I would challenge somebody to find that door this morning and walk through it and let him embrace you in that never dying love and remind you you've got a call on your life you've got an anointing to fulfill don't let this stop you don't let this derail you hey if i can get over it you need to get over it if i can if i can get past it if i can move on beyond this if i've overcome it then you need to overcome it come on stand to your feet right now O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' songs. Amen. God wanted me to know, He wanted you to know, you're not forgotten. I still claim you as mine. I still count you as mine. Amen. The most precious thing about the Lord has got to be the way in which He trusts us on the field of our failures and defeats. Amen. It's because He's just a good God. And He's been better than good. And the truth is, he deserves better than what I've been giving him. He deserves better than what I brought to him. He deserves better than what I have even presented him with this morning. Amen. But you know all that he asks of me is that when I open the door, Come in. When I part the curtains and I open the window, receive what I'm pouring out of that window. Embrace it. Let it come into your let let it sink in the truth, the reality that He loves me. He's still here for me. He's still reaching for it. Praise God. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? I feel Him near us right now. Why don't you let Him in? Why don't you let Him in right now? Why don't you just...
Step out from where you are. Make a make a point of rendezvousing at the altar with him today. God, I don't know how you do it. I don't know why you do it. You just keep coming back. When I should have been left on the side of the road, you you come right back. You you surround me. You surround me. You don't leave me to myself. You don't leave me in my misery. You don't leave me in my mistake. You pull me back in. You draw me back. You speak to me over and over again saying, come on, lift up your hands and hang down. Come on, walk into my presence today and let me embrace you in the fullness of mercy. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. There's a voice that can, that, that can quiet your fears today. There's a voice that can silence the tormentor in your mind. Jesus loves me. Jesus cares for me. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Holy Ghost, come right now. God, I want to recommit myself to you today. I want to rededicate myself to you this morning, God. I want to give you everything that you deserve. I want to do better. I want to live better. I want to be better. I want to be a better person. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, would you pray with somebody near you right now? Just reach over and lay your hand on them. Come on. Holy Ghost, come right now.